0: welcome listeners to our david fincher series review of the girl with the dragon tattoo i've got absolutely no idea how they're connected to the death of a 16 year old girl don't you need to look over these
1: i got it It
0: it's better to look at what i am about to show you on an empty stomach reading your
1: notes encrypted yes
0: rape torture fire animals religion am i missing anything the name Nobody knows why you're here someone killed her someone on the island that day if a woman approaches any beast and lies without them you should kill the woman and the beast
1: these people are insane soon you will know us all only too well with my apologies
0: Tattoo, released in 2011, directed by David Fincher, based on the 2005 novel by Swedish writer Stieg Larsson, about journalist Mikhail Blomqvist, who's aided in his search for a woman who has been missing for 40 years by Elizabeth Salander, a young computer hacker, starring Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, Christopher Plummer, Stellan Skarsgård, and Robin Wright.
1: Yeah, pretty decent cast in this film. Obviously, Craig coming off his wildly successful Bond film, Insert name of Bond film here, Hendo. Quantum of Solace. Oh, my God, was it? Yeah. God. He actually was
0: not going to do this film because he was doing Skyfall, but Skyfall actually got pushed back, so he was able to do this
1: film. Is this about the time when there was the writer's strike in Hollywood? Was Skyfall affected by that? In my head, it was. No, Quantum of Solace was Ah, affected by that. That's the one. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we've got cinematography by Jeff Cronenworth. We spoke about him last week on the social network, as well as music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who we spoke about last week too. Now, this is also a remake of the Swedish trilogy, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, as well as the other two films. Have you seen those films, Dean?
1: Okay, here's what I think happened. Let's go back to that fateful night when you and I- Let's travel back in time. Went on a date and our wives tagged along and we saw this film. Now, I believe, not I believe, this is what happened. We got home. And I started watching the Swedish The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Then I got really bored really quick because I'd just seen the US one. <laughs> so, I thought, <laughs> I know that was happens. silly. <laughs> that was silly. Let's put on The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Net? Or is it the Played With Fire? I think Played With Fire is the second one. Okay. So, I put the second one on. Got real bored and turned that one off too. So, it wasn't <laughs> a great experience for me and I've never gone back to them. Have you ever seen them?
0: Yeah. I saw the trilogy before this film came out. So... I I enjoyed the Swedish trilogy. I thought they were all really good, and coming in to see this one, I had uh, good expectations.
1: So you'd already seen it before seeing the US one.
0: Yeah, but I saw the Swedish trilogy many years before, so I was I, I didn't I, really from remember memory, too much.
1: I, I feel like I remember you saying to me after the movie, like, "Of course, you know, spoilers, spoilers." Of course, the killer's going to be Stellan Skarsgård because he's always a bad guy. But that's not got anything to do with the movie. It's got the fact that I mean, it has Skel- a little to do with it has a little to do with the movie. I mean, you no, sort of presented you pre- chari- I didn't know who the character was. You presented it to me as oh, I picked it straight away because of this, when in fact you'd already seen it.
0: I think it might have something to do with the fact that yes, it was Stellan Skarsgård, and yes, I knew that the killer was a guy, and it was either going to be plumber or Skarsgård. And I'm like, well, probably Skarsgård,
1: right? All I'm saying is you were trying to, you know, act super fly, and now I'm learning that it was a lie. That rhyme was pretty fly for a white guy. Really? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you've gone to the the offspring well. It's so early in the podcast, too. We're losing people already. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: why don't we journey back to 2008, where one of the producers of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Kathleen Kennedy, you know that name? No. She's basically the head honcho at Star Wars. Never heard of her. Come on. We've just lost all the listeners now because of that.
1: Because I don't know Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Please stop. Weren't the head of Star Wars the um, Benioff and Weiss? I know you're joking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were lined up at one point to do something.
0: Yeah, they were there to maybe write or direct a film, not to helm the entire Star Wars franchise.
1: I'm pretty sure they were they were picked to, you know, take over the entire Star Wars franchise and then somebody saw the last season of Game of Thrones and things got awkward.
0: I'm pretty sure Kathleen Kennedy is, uh, to Star Wars, what Kevin Feige is to MCU. Do you know who Kevin Feige is, you yeah, son of a bitch? <laughs> of course I do. He's the guy who wrote MCU. I'm going to move on before we lose our last listener, me.
1: Brother Shane, you still there?
0: <laughs> so Kathleen Kennedy, during The Cur- the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, after giving some details of the plot, she asked David Fincher to read Steve Glassons' book. And Fincher responded by saying, no one is going to make that movie. You're just setting us up to be miserable again. So he didn't read
1: it. He didn't read the source material. He didn't read
0: the source material in 2008, cut to three years later when he finally went- got around to doing it. I'm confused. Before he made this film, did he read the book? He read the book when he made the film three years later. But he was approached with this book three years prior and said, "This is a, a like a miserable thing. Like I don't want to do this." She she provided p- plot points of the book, and he's like,
1: "No way, I'm not doing this." So, do we know why he changed his mind? I assume that's where you're going with this. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: The this is a I, 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 this is a bit of a puzzle that you're laying out here for us, Hendo. No, maybe he reconsidered.
0: Maybe more people oh, said, maybe, "Look, you got to check this book maybe out." He reconsidered. Maybe reconsidered. I feel like yeah. he
1: did reconsider, Hendo. <laughs> maybe he was forced. Oh, it's not exactly like Fincher is known for his, uh, you know, cheery films either. I mean, geez, what is his most happy film? I mean, Zodiac. You know, God, mm. oh, is it is it Benjamin Button? Oh well, I mean, oh, it has to be Benjamin Button. Yeah, for sure. That's a happy film. That's a good story of love, is it not? More than all the other ones, except for Gone Girl. Gone Girl is a great love story.
0: You're right. So when casting started, the role for Elizabeth Salander was originally offered to Natalie Portman.
1: Well, we missed out there, didn't we? (laughs) Sure, sure we did.
0: (laughs) But she actually declined due to exhaustion. I think it might have had to do with Black Swan, because that came out a year before.
1: I've never hated that film so much as I do right now, Hendo. (laughs)
0: Scarlett Johansson was also considered.
1: Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> but David Fincher considered her too sexy.
1: I mean, you look at Rooney Mara in the social network, you know, you wouldn't kick her out of bed, would you? What I'm saying is they, they, uh, de-sexify or punk up, if you will, the actress in the role anyway.
0: Well, isn't that- that's the character.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it's not like, oh, she's too sexy, she can't play the role. Like, it's their job to unsexify her.
0: Maybe they couldn't with Scarlett Johansson. Maybe they put all that stuff on her and she's still too sexy. (laughs) (laughs) According to Fincher. Okay. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence was also considered as well, but she was rejected because she was too tall.
1: I mean, is being short a pivotal part of Lisbeth's character?
0: Maybe in regards to how tall Daniel Craig is or the character of Mikhail Blomqvist. Maybe she has has to be shorter. I'm not too sure. But they said she was too tall, so she got rejected. So there was a, a, a slew of other actresses that got either considered or wanted the part. We had Carrie Mulligan. Ellen Page, Kristen Stewart, Mia Wasikowska, Kira Knightley, Anne Hathaway, Emily Browning, Eva Green, Leah Sado, Emma Watson, and Evan Rachel Wood. They're among the actresses considered for the role. Uh, Some of the actresses turned down the role, while others were rejected by the filmmakers in the studio. Any of those
1: good? I mean, I think, honestly, Rooney Mara is perfect for this role, so... I think they did a good job of uh, casting there.
0: Well, actually, Noomi Rapace's performance in the Swedish version was so well received that they actually did a campaign to have her reprise the role in the English language version. She ultimately declined to reprise the role, saying that after playing the character for three years, she couldn't play the role again in the same stories. So finally, Rooney Mara was cast, largely due to her previous collaboration with Fincher in The Social Network.
1: It would be tough if you're Numi Rapace and you were going back to film one to do it again. That would take a toll. So in order to convince
0: the studio that Rooney Mara had what it took to portray the strung-out Elizabeth Salander, David Fincher asked her to go out and get really, really drunk and then had her come in the next morning after a night of vomiting and took pictures of her in her hungover state, and this convinced the studio to cast her. Fair enough. Let's look at some other uh, casting choices here. Uh, the role of Henrik Vanger, which went to Christopher Plummer, was originally going to go to Max von yeah, Sydow.
1: Space- oh, I mean, that makes sense. I would also uh, get them confused, I believe. Uh, I would too. Absolutely.
0: So Daniel Craig actually gained a lot of weight for his role as Mikhail Blomqvist to remind himself and the audience that he was portraying a journalist, not James Bond, and wanted to appear as normal as possible.
1: I mean, give me... Daniel Craig's normal body any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy put on weight? What? <laughs> but this did premiere in
0: London on the 12th of December in 2011 with a runtime of 158 minutes. Long film. Big, big film.
1: I mean, it's Fincher. He does love a good long film, doesn't he? Tagline, evil shell with evil be expelled. Uh, I mean, it's not great, is it? Does it Very even Very cryptic. Yeah, evil like a, shall like, are they saying like uh Lisbeth is evil? Like what's the evil that's expelling evil?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely confusing. I'm trying to think. That's okay,
1: It's not her. I mean it's yeah, not him. No, you go, yeah,
0: <laughs> no. no in, uh, okay. Yeah, pretty bad. I'm sure, I mean I'm sure there's some sort of biblical verse. I mean, is there is there that, something
1: with his dad?
0: I don't know. I'm not too sure. Okay. One of the more confusing taglines we've read.
1: In fairness, there's not a lot of taglines that are confusing, Hendo. <laughs> Budget of $90
0: million and worldwide gross $232 million.
1: Why did they not
0: make the trilogy? So apparently MGM, one of the studios involved with the production, said they posted a modest loss. For this film, and declared that they had expected the film to gross at least ten percent more.
1: Okay, I mean that's surprising. If you say the budget's ninety, let's throw another ninety for marketing. They've still made money. Uh,
0: yeah, interesting. I know that in the US, it, it made about a hundred million. So maybe it was. Maybe they didn't think that the American box office was big enough. Like worldwide, yeah. Like maybe because like the Swedish audience really got involved, but. I'm not sure. Apparently, it didn't make enough, and due to the disappointing box office for the film, to them, parts two and three were scrapped. Ultimately, the series was rebooted in 2018 and loosely based on the fourth book called The Girl in the Spider's Web, with Claire Foy as Elizabeth Salander. Uh, but that, too, also performed poorly at the box office. Did you watch that film?
1: Nah, didn't even know it came out.
0: It, it was
1: swept under the rug.
0: I remember seeing a trailer for it, and it didn't really look that good, and I didn't really hear too much about it after that.
1: Very odd. So they, ma- so they made a fourth... Like, instalment of a hmm. film that had only released the first one in English language.
0: Yeah, they just kept going with the character of Lisbeth Salander.
1: And they're surprised it didn't do well.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I don't understand. When it came in, I was like, all right, what's going on here? Anyway, this was nominated for five Academy Awards in 2011. Not bad, not bad. Got one win. It won for Best Film Editing. It was also nominated for Best Actress for Rooney Mara which she lost to Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady. It was also nominated for Best Cinematography, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Sound Editing, which lost all three to Hugo. Ah, Hugo. Good film. All right, let's look at some scores here. What do you reckon, Dean? Do the critics or the audience like this better for Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Can I say neither? Uh, No, I would think critics got nominated for Oscars. You were kind of on the right track. Uh, 86% for both. I mean, come on. You should have jumped in as soon as I said neither and be like, oh, my God, you got no. it right. You just no. let me keep talking until I uh, picked one. That's right.
0: <laughs> Metacritic give it a 71%. Letterboxd have it at a 38 and IMDb currently have it at 78 over 412,000 ratings. All right, Dean, this is our last non-Top 250 Fincher film we'll be doing. Let's see what we think of it. Thank you very much, listeners, for checking out this patron preview.
1: Yeah, if you want to check out the whole episode, we've got everything over on at patreon.com slash journey And we've got over
0: 70 bonus episodes over there, including film series such as the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible
1: series. We've also gone through some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. That's right.
0: There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular.
1: Exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by Telling us what films you would like us to break down.
0: And Dean said it's spot on patreon.com slash the movie journey. Go ahead and head over there, and check out all the rewards and benefits we have to offer, and we thank you once again for checking us out.
1: Thanks, y'all!